When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone? Welcome into Pass, Shoot, Score. I'm Anna Connolly, joined by Johnny Lazarus and Shukri Wrights. <sighs> Deep breath, you guys. This has been a week. How are we How are we feeling this lovely Friday morning? Shukri, you started off, dude. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> you want an honest answer, Anna, or you want me to give you a, a completely... Like rated rated G answer. Like you want an honest answer? I'll take. I'll give you an honest, an honest answer. answer. I'm in a horrible fucking. I'm in a horrible fucking mood. I'm sorry. This is the one. The one and only time I'll curse on this pod. But I'm in a horrible mood, and I really, and it has nothing to do with my co-host. Oh, I I really like. I really like. But honestly, these these last several freaking days, with ruins have really angered me to a point where. I really curse out Jim Montgomery because he just comes across as this guy who absolutely doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Like someone just jumped in his freaking body and said, hey, I'm going to play the role of an imposter. And, well, well, maybe maybe we shouldn't have, you know, like change up the lines a little bit. Get a freaking clue. Get a clue. <laughs> it's your damn fault that we're not playing hockey. You want to know how I feel? I'm pissed. I'm pissed. We should be playing hockey, not the goddamn Florida Panthers. Not the <laughs> Panthers. Yeah, I'm pissed. How am I feeling on this Friday morning, Anna? And to answer the nicely, I'm mad. I'm angry. I've got a lot of anger pent in right now. A lot of emotions. So how I feel after the Bruins ball a 3-1 series lead? Angry. I still haven't gotten on back of what happened. But you know, I do feel your pain because I understand that the, the Kings got eliminated. And Jay Lass, I feel your pain too. I'm not even <laughs> making fun of the Rangers. But how is everybody else doing this Friday morning? How are you guys? You know, you know Shukri, to interrupt, uh, you know what my therapist always says? <laughs> sad, sad hides behind mad. So I, I believe in getting these feelings out. There are a lot of pent-up emotions, but I think Shukri is just sad today. I'm doing way better than Shukri's neighbors are doing right now. Holy shit, man. It's like 10 a.m. You're probably waking the so whole neighborhood up with that rant. It was I don't even get I don't even care. <laughs> uh it, it is funny though. Like, you know, Shukri's got the the angry vibe and, and I'm more of like the the sad vibe. Um, you know, I think that's just how fans are different, right? Like, you know, I'm not the one when the Rangers are playing bad, like 
throw something at the TV or like punch a wall. It's more so like, you know, hands in my face. Like I just can't believe what I'm watching. And I think, you know, to the point, all three of our losses, like the Kings, Bruins, Rangers, were all different kinds of losses. Like to Shukri's point, the Bruins were just, you know, a massive shock because they were supposed to be the ones to get to the Stanley Cup final. And still, I think people can't believe that they weren't able to get past the first round. For me, it's just disappointment. Like the Rangers had so much hype around them. And this truly felt like a year where they can make magic happen with the roster that they had. And this Devils team just came out and surprised everybody and, and, Rightfully so, they're playing in the second round. Like the Devils were the much better team. And then, you know, the LA Kings, I mean, people didn't really have them in favor of the Edmonton Oilers, but they came out and they fought hard and they could have easily won that series. But I don't think it's like a disappointment or a failure. It's more so just like, hey, you know, we're right there with the best of the best and we can do this. And I think that's the beauty of the show is that like all three of us are probably having three different emotions right now. So I was you know, literally about to say that is yeah. three represents anger. We're like inside out the movie pissed off. Yeah. Literally yeah. We're representing all the emotions. Johnny's like, okay, you know what? That was sad. Like we should have done better. And then yeah. I was literally about to say like in the post game presser, you heard Kyler Yamamoto, who was a junior King growing up, at least for a little bit. Cause hockey, but, uh, that was like happy, you know, even the LA media was like asking him questions. Like, this is really exciting. And then Connor McDavid and then Todd McClellan came out and he was even like, Hey, we gained six more games of playoff experience. Yeah. So it almost feels like, and kind of, this is, this is a hot take, but I feel like this is supposed to be hot <laughs> takes, but like, um, I feel like five or six years ago when we were watching the Colorado Avalanche and we were like, ah, they're going to be really good in a couple of years. If they stick with this roster and they just hang on to it, like they're going to be good. Like that's how I feel with this Kings team. So I feel like I'm the future optimist here. We're representing everything here. All of the fans emotions are right, right in this little pod. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. <laughs> the only thing with that and with like my situation and with Shukri's situation too, is that, you know, there, there is a lot of optimism for the future, but there's also like the legendary guys that we have on our rosters right now yeah. that are on their way out. Like you look at the Kings and it's Kopitar Dowdy who have been there yeah. for a decade plus that are and, and quick got traded away already. So like, you know, those guys are on their way out pretty yeah, soon. Yeah. And then Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, like they only have a couple years left in them probably. And for me, it's like, you know, Chris Kreider and, and Patrick Kane now, even though he wasn't really a Ranger for life, but you know, these older guys that are on their way out, mm -hmm. but there is still that young talent that each team has. <laughs> To build around, but you know, I, I don't want to talk too much, Shukri. I don't know if you have a thought on that as well. Well, Shukri, you got to see. I agree with you, Johnny, and I feel like that's just embodies where we are in the NHL right now. It's like all the guys that like. Well, I was born in '95, so I feel like you know that it's like all the guys that we watched growing up are slowly like the next generation. Yeah. Is coming, you know, um, Shukri, yeah. to kick things off though, because they played against your team. And they are up 2-0 on the, on, in their series right now on the road. Uh, do you think this Florida Panther team is for real? I actually do. And the reason is because I realize this now. When I Now that, that cooler heads have prevailed momentarily, I must add, <laughs> um, that this Florida Panther team is the embodiment of death by a thousand cuts. And I want I want you guys to really think about that for a moment. I have no the idea what that means to be honest. Embodied <laughs> death by a thousand cuts. Okay. I've never heard that before. So that was in a 10th grade. All right. So in layman's terms, it's a it's an old it's an old um not to get graphic, it's an old Chinese torture uh, method, like where like death by a thousand cuts, 
where it's like you get, you get cut up by a, th- a thousand different ways to avoid all of the major arteries in your body. So it's like a slow death, so to speak. Mm, okay. Meaning that the Florida Panthers, what I realized, especially after last night, they are the type of team where they'll dump the puck in deep and they'll forecheck you to death. And that's exactly what the Panthers are. And and I think in all of this, in this rise of the Florida Panthers during this, this standing up playoff run so far, which honestly I'm shocked that they're up 2-0. I thought Toronto last year would actually win game two, given that they don't want to go down to Florida 2-0. But I keep thinking to myself, yo, guys like Brandon Montour is really making a name for himself. And I, you know what's interesting? Brandon Montour is not, is not someone that you would normally think as, oh, this is a guy that could that, 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 that can put the puck in the back in the night. Yes, he's offensively gifted, but he is one of the players on that Panther squad that I look at and I say, oh, yeah, he this guy will absolutely grind you along along the boards and and, and get to those and win those 50-50 puck battles. And I look at so, like some some of the other other guys like Anthony Duclair and what else can there be said about, about Matthew Kachuk that has been said already? And yes, I am starting to actually think maybe he's the kind of guy that the Bruins need for the playoffs. But no, stupid old me thinks, oh, we don't need him. He's a buffoon. We can do without him. No, he's the kind of guy that we need. So Brandon Montour and as well as Matthew Kuchuk, oh, my. This Panther team, and it's not just offensively, but the way that they play, they are a grinding out type of team that reminds me of a Western Conference style of play in which that they play heavy, they play physical. A little bit of the Kings team that won a cup in 2012 to be frank that, that that's what reminds me of this this Panther team right now yeah I've seen people say that or made that comparison to the 2012 Kings and for me the Panthers I, I think people are forgetting too like this team won the president's trophy last year like yes. you know I know they traded Jonathan Huberto and uh you know Mackenzie Weger and, and whatnot um for that Matthew Kachuk trade but you know, this is a team last year, they went to the second round and they got swept by the Tampa Bay Lightning. And now they're back in that same position and they're in the position to sweep the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, you know, what a comeback story that would be. And, you know, we talk about all these teams learning lessons, going through trials and tribulations, like as they go on a quest for the Stanley Cup. Like, you know, Anna talked about the Colorado Avalanche. Look at Nathan McKinnon. It took him nine years to win a Stanley Cup. I mean, he had three straight second round exits. You know, the way you lose sometimes is even more beneficial than winning a you know, first round, second round series, because you learn how hard it is and and what it takes to truly get over that hump. And, you know, I think for me, the Panthers right now, it's Sergei Bobrovsky. I mean, listen, that guy is not necessarily a, you know, top five goalie in the league right now, but the way he's playing, he lets up two early goals last night and then he just, you know, locks it in and, and somehow something clicks and he just literally looked incredible for the rest of the game. Um, you know, Toronto had a ton of scoring chances. Austin Matthews had, you know, five or six shots on goal. Mitch Marner had five shots on goal. John Tavares, like the big guns for Toronto had chances, but Borowski was there to shut the door every single time. So Florida right now, for whatever reason, they're, you know, I, I said it on the NHL show last night, that the cats are dogs. Uh, you know, they got that hungry dog in them, but um, yeah. you know, this isn't a team that's a fluke. Like this is a team that was the best team in the NHL last year and they didn't really lose everything. They lost one key player, but they got a better player in return. And uh, you know, I, I think, I'm blanking on the other point I wanted to make, which is pissing me off. Um, It'll come back you might, to you. Yeah, about you might the goalie, about the blue line? Huh? Was it, was it about the goalie, the blue line, the forward group? Oh, no, or? I got it. I got it. I got it. So, Shukri, it's crazy to think right now that 
I don't know if you guys remember the Pittsburgh Penguins lost on home ice to the Chicago Blackhawks, their second to last game of the year. Had Pittsburgh yes. won that game in mm-hmm. which they should have won that game, we would have saw Pittsburgh versus Boston in the first round, and Boston probably would have smoked them, and we wouldn't even be yeah. talking about the Florida Panthers right now. So think about that. That's one of the crazier things that we've forgotten about, that crazy Pittsburgh loss on home ice. But that's just it. You talked about the 2012 Kings. They, like – snuck into the playoffs mm-hmm. and then they just had nothing left to they had nothing to lose they just had fun they said fuck it let's just be gritty let's just do this yeah. and i think that is the same vibe with the panthers like when you see them play hockey you're like these dudes are just having fun and both of you guys mentioned matthew kachuk now we're going to talk about this every single show just <laughs> <Yeah>. because <laughs> the yeah. first show we talked about it it was differing opinions but uh he is at the top of all the stat boards in all the offensive categories, uh, five goals, 10 assists, 15 points. Uh, only guy that has more points in this postseason is Leon Dreisaitl, who is really thrown me. We were supposed to talk about uh, what's the most amazing thing we've all seen so far, and I was going to say Leon Dreisaitl, but we'll come back to that. Do you guys want Matthew Kuchuk on your team? Now, now that you've seen him play a, a hefty amount of games, what is it, nine games now in the postseason? I already yeah. said yeah, so I'm, <laughs> my, my mind my mind hasn't changed. <laughs> my, my my mind has changed completely. And to, to be honest with you, yes. And the reason is, you know, <clears throat> it's good to have offensively gifted players, but when you watch Matthew Kachuk, it's the little things and the intangible that he brings as well in his game. And you talk about his um his physicality, his willingness to do whatever it takes it went to to win. And you know. I don't know if Matthew Kachuk directly heard what I said about him <laughs> um, during the Bruins demolition of the Panthers in game four, where like where I basically said some unnice things and it clearly lit a fire under his ass ever since then. So I give you I will give you um your flowers, sir. I was wrong. I'm sorry. And Matthew Kachuk, and like all kidding aside, you need that kind of player in which that I think his his mentality rubs up on the other guys. And I watch guys like Carter um, Verhage, um, so someone who led the Panthers in scoring during the regular season. He's having an equal as big of an impact in the playoffs. And I think it comes from the influence of having a guy of like Matthew Kachuk on your team. And I think that cannot be overstated in terms of how important that is, especially when you go through the adversity that the Florida Panthers went through. You're down 3-1 to the best regular season team in the history of the NHL. To be frank with you, I thought the series was over after game four. I'm like, all right, they're going to close it out. Game five, if not game six, where they had no problems winning on the road. But there was something interesting about what Matthew Kachuk said, and I didn't agree with it at first when he said, well, no one thought that we were were going to win the series. There were very few people that did, but they were crazy. But they kind of played this, it's us against the world mentality better than anybody that I saw in the first round. So honestly, Matthew Kuchuk, if you ever want to be a, a, a future Boston Bruins, come on up to Boston as long as uh, Don, Don Sweeney doesn't, doesn't F up the salary cap. But come on up. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, shifting over to, we could go on and on about Matthew Kuchuk, but shifting yeah. over to the Rangers, Johnny. I want to know your recap of the season and specifically where do we go with Gerard Gerland? Is he is is he going to continue being the coach of the 
New York Rangers. I really thought we were just going to skip over this. Uh, <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> we're transitioning. <laughs> Listen, I... It was on my list, and I'm, it was starred. I was like, I don't even care if the transition is messy. We got to hit this up. Parentheses, bold, underline. Uh, <laughs> I... Listen, I, I don't want to be one of those people that talks about Gallant's job because I don't know if you guys saw the, you know, the, the breakup day and, you know, he's sitting on the podium talking about how he can't believe that the questions are being asked about him and his job. It's the second year, you know, the team had just gone to back-to-back playoffs. They went to a game seven in the first round. They went to the conference finals last year. You know, they were, they were a good team. And was it disappointing? Yes. But does it always fall on the coach? No. And listen, Gallant might not be the best X's and O's coach. He maybe didn't make all the adjustments, but, um, you know, for whatever reason, everywhere this guy's gone, he's only had like two or three year stints. And, you know, maybe if teams give him more of a leeway, like a four or five year opportunity, he could get it done. And, and listen, I'm not saying I, I want Gallant to be the coach, but I'm also not saying I want him fired. Um, you know, I think sometimes it, it's hard for coaches to come in and, and, win a Stanley cup in the first two, three years. Like who does that? I mean, I know we've seen, you know, some AHL coaches and whatnot, like the Pittsburgh Penguins had Dan Bilesma come in and do it. Mike Sullivan came in and did it also. But, you know, I, I look at coaches like John and I'm not comparing, but I'm saying like John Cooper coached Tampa Bay lightning for, you know, I think seven years before they won their first cup or whatnot. So, you know, sometimes these things take time and the players love playing for him. And I think that's important. Um, you know, Steve Valaket made a really good point that the Rangers have a trend of, going from a coach that likes to let the team figure it out versus a coach that, you know, kind of puts their personality all over the team. Like the Rangers went from Tom Rennie, who, you know, was more of a player's coach, very nice guy, let them did their thing to then John Tortorella, who was, you know, obviously a very hard O coach and whatnot. And then after John Tortorella was Elaine Vigneault, who was more laid back. And then after Elaine Vigneault was David Quinn, who was more, you know, hard O that kind of, so it's a back and forth kind of thing with the Rangers right now. And, um, you know, there are rumors of Joel Quenville coming back and whatnot, but the NHL obviously has to approve of that. And I'm sure that story is going to be told for the next couple of weeks, months even. Um, Peter Laviolette's obviously available. So these are two really good coaches that have won Stanley Cups in the past. Um, and, and, you know, I would love to see those guys behind the Rangers bench as well. And sorry if I'm rambling on here, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm not the guy who's like, Lance got to go. You know, that's, that's not who I am and that's not what I think. Um, you know, I, I think obviously you got to see what happens to this roster first before you change the coach, because there's a lot of things to figure out with Patrick Kane, Vladimir Tarasenko, Keandre Miller, Alexi Lafreniere, a lot of things can shift around. And once that's sorted out, you find the right voice for the group. So I don't think it's coach then team. I think it's team then coach, because you got to figure out what you're working with before you even get the voice that's going to lead this group. So that's, that's my thought. I probably bounced around the walls there, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's a week after the season. You know, like yeah, the, 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 the conversation started an hour after the Rangers lost. <laughs> if Galant's done, like it's been two years. Well, that's what's so like, I have uh, some. Th- no. Yeah. Shukri, like go ahead. And if you have thoughts on Rangers, go ahead. Cause then I have a kind yeah, of like, I, question for both of you guys. Yeah. Like I, I'm not surprised the question is even coming up because like Johnny, you understand this. You work in the New York media, me being a native New Yorker, and knowing how, how the sports media landscape is in that city, of course, of course, that question is going to be brought up. Unfortunately, that is that is the the exchange for working in, in the largest market yeah. in the NHL, the largest sports media market in the world in New York. And when you're working for an owner who 
whose whose temper is more hotter than on than a bacon egg and cheese on a Wednesday morning from a bodega. <laughs> like that's just that is the god honest truth. So when you when you're the owner of the New York Rangers and James Dolan, we all know this as sports fans, but especially Johnny Laz, like you can understand this even more, especially being an MSG where he, he oversees the Rangers and the Knicks. Like when you have the temperament of someone who wants to win. And you come up short two straight years. You come up short in the Eastern Conference Finals last year against a Lightning team that was just a miss of, in, of their run. And this year, you come up short against a New Jersey Devils team that, frankly, I honestly felt that it would be a mistake to overlook them. And I said this in a separate episode that put yeah. in Akira Schmidt changed the entire tenor of that series. Like, you can't make knee-jerk reaction. I think it would be a mistake to move on from Gallant now, especially two years in, like, I mean, come on! Like this is this is a knee-jerk reaction. We gotta make it on change because we're trying to win now. The cup window for this team is actually wide open. Hell, I'll say five years. As a matter of fact, look at the young core. Keandre Miller's not going anywhere. Adam Fox is not going anywhere. Um, Igor Shesterkin is not going anywhere. I mean, I mean, like, and especially Chris Crowder and obviously um, Mika Zibanejad are not going anywhere. Like, why do why is there a rush and a need to want to make a to make a coaching change now, especially after a disappointing um, game seven effort against the Devils. Well, that was that was what I wanted to ask real quick was, do you feel as a Rangers fan, right? Like even take the fact that you cover the team, Johnny, yeah. like out of it. As a Rangers fan, do you feel like this was it? This was our chance. Now it's over. I mean, I think this is the best roster. I mean, I know everyone's going to say 94. I wasn't alive. This is the best roster I've seen as far as skill goes on a Rangers team, right? Like this was the most skilled team on paper I've seen in my lifetime. But I also want to read something too, because I think this is important also why it always doesn't fall on a coach. But Artemi Panarin kind of came out and, and talked about his like mental psyche uh, after the playoffs. And I tweeted this quote out that I, I don't know where, uh, who wrote the article, because this is just like a picture that was circling around Twitter. But this is what Panarin said. Honestly, last playoff, I turn over like every puck. This year, I don't do that. Not that bad. I don't want to say excuses. Like, it's mental, and I feel terrible in playoffs. Every game, I come in excited. I try again and again and again, and it not work, not work, not work. I don't know. So, you know, like, when your star player is just going through that sort of mental psyche, like I mentioned before, you know, what coach is really going to come in and help figure that out? Like, that's not an X's and O's thing. That's a that's a human being effect, right? Like you need a guy who's behind the bench. That's going to get your most, your best player feeling as confident as he can be. So, you know, this doesn't all fall on X's and O's. And that's why I'm like, it's not Gerard Gallant. Like sometimes it really is the players. Like a, a lot of it is the personnel. And, and listen, this is the bottom line. If the Rangers find a way to score an overtime in game three, we're not having this fucking conversation right now. The conversation is, yeah. Oh my God, this Rangers team's for real. And they're playing Carolina. Cause let's face it. The devil's, are probably not coming back from down three nothing in that series. Like I, I don't think that's happening. So, you know, one little thing like that in a playoff series changes the entire course of an organization. Like I, I think it goes beyond just the head coach. And I think, you know, I think this group had a lot of pressure on them, just like the Boston Bruins. And sometimes the pressure just becomes too much. And look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. Same thing. You know, it's just, it, it's just the expectation of athletes. And Shukri talked about it. <clears throat> um, you know, that expectation of playing in New York, like what if we hired Joel Quinville and he doesn't win a cup in two years, he's gone too. you know, like what, yeah. you know, like you can't just keep recycling yeah. coaches if they don't win right away. Like it's, you got to build, you know, a five year, 10 year plan. So that, that's my little rant. I, 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 you know, 
I could talk about this all fucking day. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, speaking of that, let's do let's do picks for tonight's game. Uh, yeah. It's just Devils. It's just Carolina. Uh, Carolina up one nothing. Uh, who do you guys think wins this series? Do you think Do you think Jersey? They looked tired the other night. Do you think they can come back and take it? I got to recover my voice still, so shoot me let you do this one. Do you think? I'll, do you, do you think I'll, the Devils are for real? I think they can, but I think Carolina delivered a statement in Game One that that actually caught my attention, in which that. Like, listen, the Devils, they were emotionally spent from, you know, winning game seven against the Rangers at home. They go on the road to Carolina, and you know how difficult of a place PNC Arena is down in Raleigh, and, the, and Carolina dominates game one. Game two, I think it's going to be fascinating to see, like, how do the, how do the forwards, like, respond to Carolina's re- relentless forecheck and, and, their, and their physicality along the boards, because especially – at certain points in game one, I thought that Carolina really took took it to the devil's speed, which had been a factor at times in round one against the Rangers. But in but in game one, it was like, oh, y'all thought your speed was gonna dominate? <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be like thick logs in a in a swamp of molasses. And let's see how that works. And and it slowed on the, the devils down on, on quite a bit enough where they weren't able to generate the same scoring chances that they were against the Rangers. So I think in game two, Lindy Ruff is going to have something up his sleeve. I think he has an opportunity to make some adjustments, but I am wondering about the devil's ability to adjust against the decor against the Carolina Hurricanes because the Hurricanes, the last time I checked in, and correct me if I'm wrong, they were among the NHL leaders in terms of goal score from the decor group as a whole the entire season. So I wonder if Lindy Ruff is going to have any sort of plan in order to mitigate that, especially going in game two. Yeah, and to Shukri's point, um, you know, these two teams, when you look at it, five on five, the Devils are the best team off the rush, but the Hurricanes are the best team at defending the rush. So that's kind of like a, you know, a cancel each other out sort of thing. And both teams in game one failed to score in the power play. Uh, I'll pull it up. I think the Devils were 0 for 2 and the Hurricanes were 0 for 3. So Special teams to me is going to make all the difference in this series. Um, you know, had the Devils scored a power play goal, it changes the outcome of the game a little bit. Same thing with the Hurricanes. I know obviously they won five to one, but um, you know, I, I think for the most part, to Shukri's point, the Devils came out first period. You got to weather the storm in game one, and they weren't able to because you know the the point of the emotional game seven win and Rod Brendamore had like four or five days to prepare his team, and he's one of the best coaches in the NHL, and also Carolina is one of the best home teams in the NHL. The Devils have only won one game in their last six trips to Carolina. So the odds are stacked against them on the road. But, you know, I do expect a a strong bounce back performance from Jersey tonight, but I don't think they'll have what it takes to win in Carolina tonight. You know, we saw it last round. The Devils took a couple games to kind of get their feet under them against the Rangers. And, you know, for whatever reason, they found confidence as the series went on. So I think it's going to be a little similar in this round as well. Um, But Carolina to me, you know, they're obviously one of the most well-coached teams in the NHL. They don't have the firepower that other teams have in the league, but the way they play as a cohesive team is, is just bar none. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. And Freddie Anderson has, has come in and played well also. And I don't even know who's starting goal for New Jersey tonight. Lindy Ruff hasn't announced it yet, so that's a question mark as well. But I, I picked the Devils in six originally just because, you know, I thought the Devils had more – I said firepower already, but I'm lacking a better term. So okay. uh, more firepower throughout their lineup than Carolina had. Um, 
And, you know, I do think the Devils will find their offense. I, I could see this series going seven, the home team winning every game. Um, that's just yeah. that's just how it seems to be with Carolina a lot of the time. Like that happened with Boston last year. The home team won every single game in that series. Um, but yeah, I'm not counting the Devils out yet, but I do think this Carolina team is super strong, especially defensively. Uh, but this series to me is all about special teams because the five and five are, are both very strong. Now, last thing I want to pick your guys' brains on is who is the best American player in the NHL right now? And we have a lot to choose from you guys, especially guys that are still in the playoffs. All right. First guy that came to mind, <laughs> and this this might be like a, a, a sleeper, um, even though it shouldn't be a sleeper because, you know, he's a stud and I actually played against him in college. And, and I know I'm not correct with this answer because it probably but- is. What? What? What are you say? Because if you played against him in college, that just like wipes out everything and makes you 10 times more credible just by that statement. So, well, I think if he was on a better team, I think if he was on a better team, we'd be talking about him more. And I know there's a lot of buildup for this answer, but I'm saying Clayton Keller. Uh, Clayton Keller is like, you know, a Jack Hughes up and coming Patrick Kane. Um, He was out in Arizona. Not many people watched that Coyotes team play. But I think post all star break, Clayton Keller was right behind McDavid in, in point production. Um, and for him to do that on a team that was that weak is super impressive. He came back from injury this season as well. He had 86 points in 82 games. He had 37 goals. Uh, you know, he basically put that team on his back, a, a team that was supposed to tank. Um, you know, Clayton Keller to me is going to be one of those guys that is talked about throughout the league. If he's in a different market, like if, if, if Keller's, you know, on Florida or, or on Toronto or on the devils right now, like he is in that conversation with Matthew Kachuk, I think, um, you know, he's a guy that, that drives play for whatever team he's on. Um, you know, I, I, I played against him at BU and I think I had two shifts in the first five minutes and his line scored in both shifts against me. Uh, <laughs> like he is just, he's that elusive. He's that good of a skater. His vision is incredible. He's got a great shot for a smaller guy. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of other players that come to mind like Austin Matthews um, and whatnot. But to me, Clayton Keller is a guy who's not talked about nearly enough in the NHL simply because of where he's playing. How about you, I I am going to go back just a little bit. I was talking about Matthew Kachuk earlier, you know, giving him his flowers, you know, like he's like he's the kind of player that I want on the Bruins now, unfortunately. Um <laughs> but he's not the best American born player in the playoffs. I like your, your your take there, Johnny, um, on Clinton Keller. And and, and it's really a punishment when you play in Arizona that you don't know like like the good players that that that, that, that are there like I mean hell like how many hockey fans really know about um Oliver Ekman Larson or even Clayton <laughs> Keller you were just talking about yeah um but I'm gonna go with Austin Matthews he's yeah. still top dog in terms of like the the best American goal scorer in like in the playoffs still although although you do have Grandpa Joe P- P- Pavelski in Dallas, like finally finding a fountain of you somehow, some way, which I, I still cannot believe. But it's to me, it's still it's still Austin Matthews. Like he's he's the reigning NHL MVP, and and like I mean he's been productive during these playoffs. But I do want to see more of him, um, in, in game when the series shifts down to Florida for games three and four, because the I mean the the. The Leafs, like they're in a position where they gotta get more um offensively from like their top guns and in, in um in, in uh 
and Marner as well as Matthews and, and, and Nylander. And I just think that, like, to stick to, to my main point, it's definitely um, Matthews, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Hey, I like Anna, Matthews from, um, you know, I think I'm going to say Austin Matthews. I'm going to piggyback everything that Shukri has said, because also I, I think it's I think it's big being in the playoffs <laughs> also for the show. So we have something to talk about. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I'm also super biased here because it's 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 cool because Austin Matthews was born in Scottsdale. Uh, Clayton Keller is a Shattuck St. Mary's guy from Minnesota. So it's like, it's a win-win. I I'm, I'm biased. Okay. Like I said this, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Minnesota hockey asshole. So anybody (laughs) from that state or it's everyone in Minnesota, I'm going to think better. I'm going to think that they're like better than everyone. So I'm Mm. sorry. I'm just going to take that approach no matter what. And also I was, I kind of lived in Arizona growing up. So I'll be biased to that too. Matthew Kachuk was there for a couple of years. You know, we got a couple Arizona kids. Um, I want to say one thing about the Arizona thing though, quick. Uh, I think Arda Ocal tweeted it after Matthew Nye scored in game one. I think it was the first ever Arizona to Arizona, like goal assist in like NHL history. Per, it is. It's per, cool. Per Arda. Yeah. yeah. It's like we're and it's funny because with these stats, like the California stats and the Arizona stats, it feels like they're uh-huh. we're reaching because we're like, oh, like when Trevor <laughs> yeah. Moore scored that overtime goal, the stat that came out was I was like, that is the most absurd thing I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. But also, like, it's kind of cool. It's great. And I think yeah. also to your point, like Clayton Keller is in Arizona, so it's not a hockey market. He has less pressure. I mean, like, I grew up there going to games there. Um I lived in Arizona for um, 10 to 15 years old. So it was like pretty formative, but for the most part, I lived in Southern California. So I went to a lot of Arizona Coyotes games when they had the little rodent on their Jersey. It was horrendous. Mm. I like refused <laughs> to be a fan just because of that. But I mean, they, there were no butts in seats. So yeah. you had like these guys and they put, they put out some decent talent over the years. You can name it up. Like yeah. a lot of big name guys have been through there, but, and I think as players, they probably like it. Cause they can just chill. Like it's yeah. cool. But then you see like Austin Matthews, who's young, he's American born. He's playing in Canada. He's playing in the biggest team, like the Yankees of hockey, right? Like the Maple yeah. Leafs. So then you kind of add that added pressure and then see him perform and see him perform in uh on a bigger stage, you know, in the playoffs or something, especially with that added pressure. I think that does kind of go into a decision because <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, you're here with the big boys. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see. We're at... 33 minutes. I don't like to listen to podcasts over 33 minutes. So, Johnny, what is your best summer camp hockey moment? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> what 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 uh, what hockey camps did you go to in the summer? No, it's like a sleepaway summer camp. Like, I went to, like, yeah. like Jewish summer camp. Uh, did you ever go to or, hockey camp? No, not once. Um, <laughs> I actually – I, I, I have been to hockey camp. My dad made me go in northern Minnesota really? to horse riding slash hockey camp. Oh. You cannot make it up. It yeah, no, I, I never did that. Um, my dad, my dad went to summer camp, so I went to the same summer camp that he went to. <laughs> I went for eleven years. I went from two thousand three to two thousand twelve. Uh, so my like my funny camp story, like Adam Fox went to camp with me. That's how I know Adam pretty well. Uh, he went for three summers, and then he got just too good at hockey to keep coming back. Um, you know, I got good at hockey later in life, but um, I guess like, what's a good story? Um. Man, this is like putting me on the spot. I and mean, there's 11 years of, of camp. Come on. Uh, I guess First I can tell an Adam, I'll, t- I'll tell an Adam Fox story if that's cool. If people want to hear that, they probably don't want to, they don't give a shit about my stories. Uh, <laughs> but so we Stop like, it. there was like always, uh, 
like um like an olympics kind of thing like red versus gray like three days of like playing every sport and because adam was like so good at hockey like no one else in his age group was like remotely able to skate they made him play lefty and and (laughs) and i think he still scored like six goals against the other team playing wrong-handed um that's how good adam was at hockey like it's like since we were 10 years old um but yeah a lot of summer camp stories i'll stick with that one for now and if we do this again i'll try to think of more but uh yeah love camp it's the best love camp. that's my story <laughs> hey final thoughts you guys going into the weekend first weekend where you don't have to be stressed out i'm getting drunk <laughs> uh but no i think gonna, i'm not even gonna lie yeah <laughs> I'm not what? gonna lie. That sounds that does that does sound phenomenal. Honestly, Getting drunk like uh, that either that or enjoying some good old um cannabis, um <laughs> and like like seriously like I I need to drown out my sorrows. I need to drown out my my sadness. I need to get rid of my anger. Like one like one way or the other. Like it's Take a bubble bath, it's, man. It's it's it's, it's got a big. You understand, Johnny? And and I'll like have and and John a bubble bath any day. Bubble bath of John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a horrible idea actually like you're giving me ideas now that may be my saturday night plans for all i care hey man but... just ask the california girl i got you <laughs> listen I, that's why I got, maybe i need to go out to california and find me my future lady but what do i know <laughs> but but um so i will say that um we weaken thoughts i am really curious to see how this Seattle Dallas series is going to shape now that it's moving over to Seattle. Um, the series is tied one, one, um, a bounce back win for the stars last night in game two, um, winning four to two, but man, I can't stop thinking about Joe Pavelski and like that four goal performance he had in game one, the oldest player in NHL history to have four goals in a standing cup playoff game ever, which is wild considering that he was his first game back from injury. And it's like, what the hell? So Joe Pavelski, um, I don't know what water you've been drinking, but keep drinking it, bud. Like I want to see you score more of those in Seattle. Mm. I don't know if you guys hear. There's a loud horn outside my apartment, so I apologize for that. <laughs> I don't no, hear, hear anything. To be honest, you with got you, you oh, got okay. the right mic, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bravo to your mic. Go on those Amazon reviews yeah. and say, "Hey, I was doing a podcast and there was a horn outside my apartment and nobody could hear me." And yeah, this there is you go. this is where this, plug the, this beautiful plug the electro mic. voice radio radio <laughs> mic windbreaker comes into play. Like it takes you away all mic, other it's way cooler than mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I stole my mic Stop. from my When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. 
Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.